Here's three great reasons to get the new Samsung Galaxy S21 5G at T-Mobile. One, it's free for both current and new customers when you trade in an eligible device. Two, T-Mobile's the leader in 5G coverage. So three, you can unleash 5G speeds in more places with your new phone. Get the new Galaxy S21 free at T-Mobile, the leader in 5G coverage. Phone via 24 monthly bill credits plus tax. If you cancel credit, stop and balance on required finance agreement may be due. Contact us. Qualifying credit and consumer plan required. See details at T-Mobile.com. Blog Talk Radio. On the date of December 21, 2012, everybody hyped it up and said the world was coming to the end. And as usual, the scientific and religious communities were wrong. However, a phenomenon did occur that would alter the destiny of a planet and its people. This is the story of a young woman who alone holds the power of the world in her hands, literally with the help of the ever-powerful force of Aquanauten's acceptor. With this dad, she had the ability to rule or annihilate the planet. She held unimaginable power that was formed in her DNA thousands and thousands of years ago. She was heir to all of the secrets of the Dogon, the Samarians, the Anunnaki, and the creators of the universe. The military wanted to maliciously gain control of her and her power, and the world's enemies wanted her eliminated. So, either way, they each wanted her to disappear. Upon discovering her true spirit and purpose, she esoterically went out into the world to gather the soul who waited for her to make that trek to the mountain of the moon. The people already knew who she was and depended upon her to survive the long journey back to their original astral home of the Sirius star system. She was destined to rid Mother Earth from all of her pain, for nature had suffered for a very long time with spilled blood of the innocent on her ground. With the pragmatic and fearless assistance from her reflection, the man she loved, and the eye watcher, who also holds a force to be reckoned with. This combination will soon show the world who is really in control. The third dimension has long passed. You are now in the Nine Ether. The war has officially begun. This is the chemistry. Hotel. Welcome to the Truth to Power show. My name is Beverly D. And tonight we have Sister Seta Aset. 
And Sister Seta Aset is a true believer in the metaphysical side of reality. She has written for such publications as Helium and Science Fiction Magazine. Her mentors were Dr. Delbert Blair and Bobby Hemmett, just to name a few. And now she's working on uh, her script for the movies or Netflix. That's her next step that she's taking. And she's here with us every Thursday. She is reading her books. It's not too often you get the author to read uh, to you. So sit back and enjoy. And the book that she's on tonight is called War. Sister Seta, Aset, how are you doing this evening? Sister Beverly, I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Good, good, good. Good. So tell the people Wonderful. about your work. Well, right now we're in uh, Chemistry the War. We've already done Chemistry Bright Light and Gathering of the Vanguard. Uh, the next book would be uh, 9X, and the last is In the Realm of the Gods. And they are fiction. I want everybody to understand that they don't have 1,500-letter words in it, no big words, you know, nothing to um, have you uh, searching and researching, you know, over and over for. Now, there is some things in there that I have gained from facts that I wrote fiction around, but mainly this is for entertainment and also to, you know, kind of put your mind on certain things uh, in which that we're going through today. So I wouldn't rule that out. So that's what the chemistry is all about. Okay. So now what chapter, I can kind of give us an insight uh, update. Uh, to where we at? Well, last week we ended with. <laughs> okay, well, last week we ended with, uh, I think it was part 68, if I'm not mistaken, which was the um, malevolent. No, it was part 68, the thinking of the common man. And I think we also, excuse me, I think we also did. Um, Part 67, the malevolent 911 call, which I was doing a horrible rendition of Barack Obama. Excuse me. I don't think I would make it in the acting world. <laughs> but we, well, that was, it was funny. It was funny. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, uh, we stopped there where um, uh, the present uh, president at the time uh, reached back to get some information from, uh, I think it was, what is he, what was he, 44? And, um, you know, to see how he would deal with things and if he had any special people to get Rupa Ocellus and her family into the Oval Office. And so he sent a person there to their home in Bethesda, Merlin, where she had already left with Femi. So she wasn't there. So, you know, this creep, you know, everybody in the neighborhood was like, you know, it was a close knit neighborhood and there, you know, anything or anyone that's strange that they feel that don't belong in the neighborhood, you know, they all observed this man, I guess, kind of casing her house in which she wasn't there. And, uh, you know, they were like, 
and he was asking questions and they were like, well, we don't know nobody, you know, by that name. And of course, before they left, her son, Jotham, and her daughter, Micaiah, was feeling as if eyes were upon them, that they were being watched. So that's where we kind of left off at last week. Okay. Well, we can get mm-hmm. into the book, and this is the book called War, right? Yes, Chemistry, the War. And right now we're on part 66, The Hunt. And if you're ready, I'm ready. Okay. okay, part six. Okay, part 66, The Hunt. Meanwhile, talks. Oh, and I want to let the audience know this is a work of fiction. Okay, uh, part 66, The Hunt. Meanwhile, talks were beginning to surface among the people who turned to their religious leaders. They wanted to know exactly what they were going to do about the threat that was placed on the government that trickled down to the people. President Jelani set out an special invitation with his country's, within his country's airways, requesting Femi's presence at his palace. Now, this is a man that's in Africa. He's the president of the whole total Africa. So Africa is like a total country now. It's not different countries on a continent. It's all together now. Okay, he wanted her to come to some type of agreement, anything to save his people from impending, from the impending heat wave. Since much of the continent of Africa is warm and dry, this would not be a good thing for the masses, let alone what would happen to the labor industry. It would spread all across the globe, and working people who labored outdoors would be greatly affected. I'm afraid for you, my daughter. What if they tried to trap you in some way? I don't want to think of anything worse, said Ayera. You worry too much. There is no way they can do anything to me, mother. Zuri and I are going to accept his invite. We are leaving tomorrow. Let him bring all the armies he can. They will not present a victory toward his legacy. While the camp slept, Femi and Zuri were met by her father and Abdul at the gate. Take great care, my daughter, my son. Rely on your inner soul, for no man can rob you of it. Listen to your first eye and then fall on the third, for there is no second. Receive what they speak through your right ear and exit through the left when you are facing them. For what they speak is truly coming out of a hellish mouth. This is called doublespeak. Beware, for they have two tongues, added Abdul. The Dogon has taught us well. All things will be, said Suri. They drove past the military in silence. The military was warned not to attack or storm the village of the people who resided there in the mountain. They could only observe. The three-day-long trip was hotter than normal as they drove alternatively to South El Cabulon. When they arrived in their chameleon appearance, 
they were first turned away by the president's guards, but when they looked closely once again, they could have sworn who they saw were Caucasoids requesting to see him. They were given a pass when they were correctly identified. All the while, as they approached the president from a distance, they were shedding and changing their skin. He was not even sure what he saw when he extended his hand to Femi and Zuri. They never made it a point to shake any hand that was presented to them. Femi Knight, Zuri Noble, hello, how are you? Hello, replied Zuri. Your father would love to see you in prison. The last time I saw him before we slept, his tears were faint, but we could still see them. The wells of your mother's eyes were overflowing with sadness, poor woman. If you have met with if you have met with Femi and me to just throw a guilt trip towards my way, then we may as well turn around and depart now. And to make matters worse for you, I see you have no respect in greeting me, in greeting just me this way. For there is another body present, and it is my wife. I am so sorry, Miss Noble. I meant no disrespect. None intended, but then I myself vibrate much higher than you will ever will. Now, can we get down to business and dispense with the small talk? I understand. Follow me. The palace was one of wonder. It was truly immaculate. The gold that traced the ceilings was well worth over 20 million U.S. dollars. Not only was it on the ceiling, almost everywhere you looked, gold was present. If one ever wanted to walk the floors of gold, then the palace was the place to do it. Femi thought to herself, all of the people in El Cabulon were struggling, starving, sick, and down should see this. One man with a family of three who has this degree of wealth will not do anything to help his people grow and get themselves up off the ground should damn well eliminate him. Eliminate him out of a position like this. He has been abusing millions of people, she said. Enough. I have seen enough. And I do not want to have a discussion with you. What I want from you is for you to make better the lives of your people across the land. If you do not, then do not expect me to do it for you. You will suffer a fate much more devastating than the people ever will. And with this, Femi turned and walked out and back to the truck. Zuri, overstanding her reasoning and, and let's see, overstanding her reasoning did not forward an apology. The president thought that inviting them to the palace would change how they viewed his passion for the finer things, yet their reaction was the total opposite. How could his lap of luxury bring some solace and peace to the people? He failed. His general asked, Sir, shall we detain them? If you want to die tonight, be my guest. The general looked toward the truck. 
and when he looked in the golden, fiery eyes of Femi, his decision to obstruct them was quickly vanquished. With his first attempt at a meeting which expired in defeat, he decided to give the President of the United States a call and give him the details of the debauchery. Hello? Nigel, this is Guala. You won't believe this, but I just had our famous, or should I say infamous, superwoman in my palace for a meeting, and she didn't like it. She departed immediately when she saw what this place looked like. At one point, I was afraid she would use her power on me. But what happened? She left as soon as they got here. I don't know what they're going. I don't know where they're going. I put a tail on them. They are driving, and I know they aren't going to make the three-day trip back without rest. So, are they still in Africa? Hmm. So, what are you thinking? I received a call earlier today from the Crown Cross, and he asked what you were doing to find out anything on our nemesis. I told him you weren't, particip- you weren't participating with that kind of power, and I don't think he liked your answer. I'm surprised you had a meeting with her. Well, I'm not. But soon I know my army of men will take her and all her people down. They won't be able to stay in my country. I agree, Guala. But you may want to call the CC and tell him that. I'm calling him now, Nigel. I will let him know so that he can put the jaw walks on them too. Keep me informed. The men disconnected from each other, and the American president sank back into the big black leather chair with his fingers crossed. Suddenly, Guala's phone rang out. How was your meeting with the girl? In his mind, he knew the Crown Cross had power, but this type of power was a question for him. Had someone in his camp informed him of the meeting? Did Nigel call him to cover his blunders? Or was it a coincidence? Sir, the meeting was a failure. My way of living turned her off. Apparently, she's sensitive to the rich and famous and has no regard for us. She stayed all but five minutes. Then she turned and walked away. Why didn't your men stop her? Sir, I've seen what she can do. I've seen the power she has in her little finger. If we stand an inkling of a chance, It will have to be with the army. Inform President Foster. If if it takes an army, then an army she will get. Notify him to gather up each and every available man, woman, and child. You gather up the same number. Have them meet in the Sahara Desert. I will send the jaw walks in with the army of the soulless. The British talisman will join us. And if that doesn't defeat her, then I will go to a more drastic measure the Dracons, and the triple threats. Yes, sir. I have an army big and swift enough that I can spare the women and the children. If they participate in any foreseeable defeat along the way, then I will dispatch every woman and child I can. After all, I understand that this is their war too. Soon after he severed the line with the president, the CC received an incoming call from Nigel. I was just about to phone you. Guala and I are staging an attack on the girl and her followers. 
I need you to gather up your armies over all the land and sea. Men, women, and child will attack without remorse. These people who want to command the attention of the world to conform to something that's in my way. I refuse to give up rulership. My time is not up on this earth, and I want her to know that. I see your point, sir. But if you could spare me one more time to get this woman and her companion to lift this heat wave up off us before she has a chance to change her mind to never reverse the power, then I think our best move to defeat her is after she has done so. It's been several weeks since the daylight, and it is, forgive my language, sir, kicking our ass. Doesn't matter what color you are. If you are not in tune like her people, then you will practically burn up, just like the millions who are left here on the face of the earth. I want to stop it, he cried. All right, Nigel, I'm giving you two weeks, and let me remind you, if you fail, if you wish you if you fail, you'll wish you had never accepted the office of the president of my United States of America. I will call Guala and tell him to hold back his army until I hear from you. That is all. Shaking, Nigel knew exactly what the CC meant by what he alluded to, so he had to act fast. The first thing he did was call a meeting to all the Joint Chiefs of Staff, along with Edwin in the war room, to devise a foolproof trap to capture Femi and Zuri. As you know, we are under an ecological attack from the one who we tried to capture and detain several months back. Although it's nothing like your typical warfare, nonetheless, it is a war. There are several reports coming in from all over the globe that our workers who supply the free labor we all enjoy are taking ill because of the heat. And if they can no longer do the work, we will not prosper in the ways we are used to. This is very important if we are to maintain control of this planet and survive. Several of our elitists went underground, but due to the gases, they've had to come to the surface. Much of the grid has failed. Back in 2013, when we tested it, we thought that if we were to come under fire, it would be strong enough to withstand it. And we were successful in its findings. But little did we know that under the severe heat, it would fail. Air conditioning is failing. Ergo, the ice and wind machines are breaking down. There is no place to go to escape the heat. And the only remedy is to go to the surface that controls it. Now, I've been advised that I have to stop it. And that is where you come in, Edwin. You and Clara must try as hard as you can to reach out to Zuri. Plead with him what the human race is going through in this devastating heat. Make him see that what they are doing to us is the opposite of what they're trying to change. In other words, make them feel guilty as sin for what they are doing. Once you get them to drop their guard, then that's where my armies will annihilate them and their followers. You can't think of him as your child or your son anymore. He is an enemy of the state, of the globe. After all, he was never your blood, and he never loved you. He's proven that. I know this is the right thing to do, but the problem will be with Clara. 
She loves that boy as if he fell right out of her womb. I will try hard as I can to convince her that this cop that her cooperation is needed in this matter. Honestly, she places blame on the girl for taking our son away. Come to think about it, it might be easier than I think. I'll get on it right away, sir. And Edwin, make sure you do. We don't want to disappoint the CC, replied Nigel. After Edwin's departure, the president collaborated with the Joint Chiefs to further attempt to bring Femi, Zuri, and the rest of the group into custody. His plan was to turn them over to the CC. He did not want to dirty his hands. Driving down California Street Northwest in Washington, D.C., Edwin was thinking about how he would convince Clara to travel back to Alcabulon to speak with Zuri after her last encounter with him. She was absolutely sure Zuri disavowed her and didn't want to associate with her anymore, but it was a chance Edwin was going to take. His wife was a realist, one whose reality was told in truth, not fantasy. She knew by now, she knew by how she raised him that he was true in his belief when his heart struck all the right chords. And being with Femi, it struck the perfect 528 frequency. All right, Sister Bev. We're done with that part. Okay. You have any Looks questions like or? <clears throat> Look like they're getting ready for war. They're trying to use some trickery here. Yeah, they're being really diabolical at this point. Uh-huh. They're double crossing, they're triple crossing everybody right now. Nobody right. knows what's going on. It's just really, it's really rough right here. Yeah, it sounds like they're mad and they're angry because of the power that she has, and that that feeds into what uh, is going on with that feminine power that's on the planet now for the universe. Yeah. Yes, you, and that's that's another point. You're right. You're right about that. You know they're losing control, and mm-hmm. but the ones that are losing the control, they're di- they're diabolical. I mean, you know, the man right. just said, you know, the people that is working for pennies, you know, which you know I hear that they're, they're going to try to cut out, you know, a lot of the uh, elderly's money right now, Social Security and disability. I hear. You know, I heard that on the news today, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, people working for pennies and, you know, there is one state that has placed, um, uh, they, they have something in the, you know, that they try to pass um, to raise, to get a raise on your check, you know, your money to get a raise, mm-hmm. 50 uh-huh. cent raise or whatever. There is one state that's against that, that has a law against it, that you can't give, you know, your workers a raise. And I think that's really diabolical. That is bad. Yeah, that's happening now. So this is all about that. And and people probably going to have to do like they did back in the South when my grandparents and them, when they migrated up to like Michigan for the auto plants, when the auto plants open up. And so all of these jobs that's coming back to the United States, you know, people might have to relocate to where they at. You know, and to, and, and honestly, uh, Sister Bell, there's a lot of, 
automotive plants that is that is down in the south. You know, it's 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 mm-hmm. like they're 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 bringing them down here. You know, I know there's some still up north, but they're mainly like, you know, the the what the Nissans and and uh, yeah. Mercedes yeah, and all that. that. It's this, yeah, it's down here. Don't you know that Buick is made in China? The yeah. brand Buick. I didn't know that. So it's but it's, that's what that's a that's what they've been talking about. How and mainly the auto industry was sending all you know they had all went overseas. So they can get that cheap labor. Exactly, exactly. So that's what's going on uh, here and over there is the cheap labor. Mm-hmm. And this is what these mm-hmm. people are talking about in the chemistry. That he just said, right. you know, if this heat keeps up, we're going to lose these workers and we, you know, we won't be able to enjoy, you know, the finer things that we're used to having. So, yes, yeah. yeah, it's, 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 um, it's rough right now. <laughs> so Okay. So, so is uh well, is anybody want any questions or anything or anybody listening or Yeah, they listening, you know, but uh they raise their hand when they no ready and and they know the huh? number is three two three six four two one five eight six. And they know to push one. The the numbers well, okay. I see are people that 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 know. Okay. So okay. Well, we'll con- Yes, we're on sixty five part sixty five, debris from the sky. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you can tell from that title, but here we go. Part sixty five, debris from the sky. Edwin thought to himself after rolling in the drive and parking close to the white picket fence where Clara in her happier times used to run out and greet him after a long day at the Capitol lobbying for the president. He knew that he would never see that spark in her eyes or her soul anymore since the departure of their son back when he himself began working for the president. He felt somewhat responsible for the loss of their child to this system of conspiracy. He opened the door to the smells of Italian cuisine cooking in the background. With a quick kiss to his wife's forehead, Edwin walked into the kitchen and said, Honey, I just left the White House. Nigel and I think there's a chance we can get Zuri back. And how the hell are you going to do that? You heard what he said to us the last time we saw him. He hates us, she said as she began to break down in tears. I know, I know, but think about it, Clara. It was a heated moment then. Now that things have calmed down a little, he may have had a change of heart. A change of heart? Look around, Edwin. I don't think things around the entire world are calm. And that's where we come in. Our country needs us. The president needs us to stop this dangerous event that has happened all across the globe. We have the solution in our hands, and it is our son. Do you actually think he has disenfranchised himself entirely from us? No. 
I refuse to think that he has. Once he comes to his senses, we all will be exalted as royalty in the West, and this nightmare will be over once and for all. The world will return back to normal. Clara stared into her husband's eyes with some sense of faith of what he described to her was a glitter of hope that Zuri would convert back to his original teachings. How are we going to, how are we, how do we go back? How do we go about returning our son back to normal? We take a trip to Africa and surprise him. We will bring gifts to him and his new wife, break bread, get him alone, and speak to him and tell him how we feel and how much we miss him. All the things a son cannot deny the woman who brought him a life of happiness and joy, a life to an abandoned child who no one cared about, dropped off, dropped on the doorsteps of a facility in late winter. This he will respect, and this is how we will use him to get her to back off of what she is doing to the world. And what happens to us when they figure out what we are up to, she asked. Well, then, let's just hope they have mercy on our souls. Clara stared at her husband in disbelief. We have to do something, honey. After all, the CC is focusing on the president and me. Do you want me around for a while? You, you do want me around for a while, don't you? This is real. I'm too old for this, Edwin. I'm also afraid for our lives on either side. Can't we just send a holographic Instagram message of ourselves? No, we can't. So right after our dinner, we are flying on a private jet at 7 a.m. to Africa. Pack enough for two weeks. I don't plan on being over there no longer than necessary. I hate that country. The president at this time was preparing to sit down to dinner with his family when his cell phone rang out. He looked at the caller and said to his wife, excuse me, Lillian, I have to take this call. I'll be back as quick as I can. You make sure you do, she replied. He walked into the hallway from the dining room and said, good evening, sir, what can I do for you? Has your senior advisor left for the continent yet? After dinner, he and his wife will be taken off from Dallas in an unmarked private jet. They should arrive early tomorrow morning. Splendid. They're right, out, they're right on schedule. I'm going to send the RCU to meet them. A little backup is always a safe addition to any situation. Edwin would appreciate that very much, your eminence. I'm sure he and Clara will be highly grateful for any assistance from you. Nigel, that's all I needed to know from you. Lillian and the children are probably waiting for you at the dinner table. I won't hold you up. You're right. And if I don't get back, uh, my, uh, it'll be my head laying on that platter in the center of the table, he joked. Once he lands, won't you please have him to call me after he speaks to you? Sure, not a problem. All right, he said. Yes, sir. We'll have it, under con we'll have it all under control, replied Nigel. Nigel returned to the table and Lillian asked, who was that? His hierarchy. What did he want? It isn't midnight over there. Couldn't he sleep? Lillian, you and I both know how hard it is trying to sleep at high noon and every day when it's actually night. 
The sun is not moving or we are not moving. I don't know which is which. And the scientific, com- the scientific community can't come up with any answers. They are stumped. Apparently, he's worried about Edwin getting his son to stop with this continuous 24-hour daylight event. It has run a lot of crops and drying up fresh water all over the planet. He's looking for some some resolve like the rest of us. I hope Edwin and Clara will be successful in turning things around, she said. Yeah, and I hope it's not all in vain. Just as Clara closed the latch on her designer luggage, the doorbell rang. Edwin, get the door, she called out. He opened it, and the escort said, Hello, sir. I am to take you and Mrs. Noble to the jet. Are you ready? As a matter of fact, we are. Clara, the RCU is here. Excuse me, I have to help my wife. I'll be glad to assist you, sir. Thank you. Edwin and the escort walked back to the hallway to retrieve eight pieces of luggage. After meticulously arranging them in the back of the silver SUV, Edwin placed his wife comfortably in the back seat as he went back to double-check his front door for security. They were all on their way to the airport. Once on the plane, they were given instructions on how to be safe once they were in the air. They were quiet. They were quiet while the jet reached the appropriate height, and after it leveled out, Edwin said to his wife, no matter how this ends up, remember one thing, I love you. What we did together when we saw that little child on the steps in the dead of night was a blessing to me and especially to you. I would do it all again in a heartbeat. They sat embraced together for most of the duration of the flight and finally drifted off to sleep. The RCU attendant awakened them after a few hours and served them a small meal of finger sandwiches, chips, dips, and juice with a little champagne on the side. He informed them they were a few hours out and close to their destination. Edwin decided to rest his eyes after skimming through a dossier on Femi and the people of the mountain. Clara, with her tablet in her hands, was busily working on a speech to give to the people of South Africa, partnered with the First Lady of Africa by her side. After drinking the last of the champagne, her weak kidneys beckoned her to make a trip to the laboratory on board the luxury Gulfstream G650. Once inside, she felt erratic movement within the cabin of the plane. With force, he banged on the door. Edwin called out to her, urging her to come out immediately. She screamed in panic. What's happening, Edwin? The plane is descending. We're crashing. They were on the floor of the plane in an embrace when it made impact and burst into a wall of flames. They were leaving the airspace of Angola and were entering Botswana on their way to South Africa. When word got back to Nigel, about the incident, no references or details was given to him about the tragic accident. The black box was never recovered. It was never found. He was in the dark as much as he was in the dark as much as his counterpart, Usa Jelani. Many unanswered questions went on for days after the crash 
behind the scenes, but not too much was ever said or reported back to the news as if it was deliberately kept out of the 24-hour cycle of daily reporting. A formal service was delivered to both Edwin and his wife, Clara. They were survived by a brother-in-law, two sisters, one niece, and two nephews. When the family inquired about the details of the crash that killed their loved ones, their attorneys suggested that they declined that they declined their curiosity to a minimum. This would be best for all involved associated with the subject. All right, Sister Bear. Okay. Now, who plane went down again? Edwin and Clara, the the adopted parents of Zuri. Oh, so he wasn't able to go over there and follow through on his plan. Right. To trick them. Right. And if you kind of, if you think about, well, as we, as we go, you know, you'll get to know more as to why that happened. Okay. Yeah. The plane didn't malfunction. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was delivered. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Like, hel- like helicopters falling <laughs> out the sky and stuff. Well, Sister Bev, I wrote this back in, I wrote this about Y'all six years ago, I'm five or six fun. years ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, just, <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about Kobe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just find it so ironic what my brain was. I, you know, I I, I had no idea. Of course, we don't, we can't, you know, we, I can't tell the future. I mean, I don't think I can. I'm not trying to. It just it comes out like, it. like that. It sounds like it from the from the <laughs> writing of your your work. It sounds like you you can, because it's real. A lot of it. I know it's fiction, but I can still see a lot of things that's going on today. Uh, that's in the book, and I can see a lot of metaphysics in the, in your writing. Exactly. That's why I want the family to know that, you know, it's not, I'm not, you know, it's uh, it's fiction, nonfiction, but it's certain parts in there that you can distinguish what is and what isn't. So, yeah, you're mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And tell us about you, you writing a new book, right? Or is it two new books that you're writing? It's two. It's two new books. One is called uh, Cosmic Legacy. And this takes us way back. It takes us past the dinosaur days. I'm going way mm. back there. And, okay. And the, the second one is called Chemistry Area 51. And mm. I'm dedicating that novel to uh, Dr. Delbert Blair. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm doing that one right now. And that's, that's mm-hmm. going to be pretty, that's going to be pretty interesting. I'll give a little hint about that one. It is okay. concerning the uh, younger, the younger elite, you know, our leaders of tomorrow. It's concerning mm-hmm. them. This is going to be talking about, you know, our leaders of tomorrow. Okay. 51, okay. So, yeah. Going to be pretty interesting. And, and so, <laughs> so these, the young people uh, that's coming up, that's going to be in power and leadership. 
And so right. when, you, when, when you write your book, uh, do you go into any meditation or do you have any kind of rituals or anything that you do to kind of get into it or you just sit down and start writing? I don't I don't do any rituals or anything. I observe nature. I observe the sun and the moon. You know, I do okay. a lot of that. I I do a lot of natural things. Uh partake in uh-huh. nature a lot. And then, you know, after that, I just sit down and write and it just comes to me. And you know, I said before, you know, I have a lot I love water. I'm I'm in water every day. I'm immersed in water every day and you know, I just kind of I, I get a lot of information, you know, because water does transmit information to you. Yes. And I get a lot from that. So I do that every day. And then I, okay. you know, I partake in nature a lot. So that's that's how I do it. Oh, that's why it's a lot of metaphysics there, because you are connected with nature. And that's the power. Now, if somebody is thinking about writing uh, a book or a script, you know, what, what's your suggestions on how do they go about it? Well, the main thing is, and, and of course, this, this didn't come to me, but if you're not into writing about, you know, anything metaphysical or, you know, uh, in an area of like a drama or something like that, you what you want to do is write about what you know. Because if you write about what you know, then it's, it would be easy, you know, to write it. You know, um, say if you know a lot about medicine, you know, if you know a lot about business or whatever, if you know about that, then, you know, it's easy to write about or write about it. Right. That's the easy part. Yeah. So... And since I, you know, I have this natural thing, when I write, I do write about fiction, but I also write about nonfiction combined with it. And that's easy to do. I mean, you just, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I'd say don't write, don't take all day to write. You know, like if you want to write maybe three hours, you know, then take a break or just write, you know, the next, you know, start the next day then I wouldn't sit down six, seven hours and, and be writing. There is no way you can do it. And then, okay. well, I wouldn't advise that you can do it, but I wouldn't advise it. And then sometimes I just get in my truck and I just go find me a quiet place if I'm in the park or if I'm, and I'm mostly more creative by water. It's something about mm-hmm. water that if I'm near, yeah. you know, it, it just comes, it runs like a stream. So yeah, you can mm-hmm. get in your vehicle and go and park somewhere and, a lot of things will come to you, but basically just write about what you know. And then how do people go about finding uh, someone to publish the book and, and things like that? Well, it costs it costs an uh-huh. arm and a leg to, it costs, you know, everything, just about everything you have to get a publisher. And then they got fifty hundred eleven books. I don't know if that's a number or not <laughs> ahead of yours, you know. Right. And and you know it has to be picked, and you know it has to be something that you know the community would spark interest in. And 
you really have to pay for that. But me myself, I self published. So okay. and you know, with with if you do get your book published in marketing, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> then you would have the um all the bells and whistles of them pushing your book for you. But when you self publish mm-hmm. you have to do that yourself. Mm, that's the difference. And so, so yeah, so that's the difference. You gotta spend money to look for a publisher, huh? I thought they pay you if they like don't they uh pay you up front or something like they do to actors actors. Yeah, they they it. would. That's true, they would do that, but you have to come back and sell that for them to make their money back, you know, and then whatever's left is yours. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Now, when, you, when you're self-publishing, so that's just like um, going out there <clears throat> finding people or outlets to buy your books. And I notice there's not a lot of bookstores anymore. You know, it's still some, but we used to have a lot of bookstores. Now Amazon took over. Well, yeah, that's where you find the war at. I mean, I'm sorry, chemistry at. Of course, the war is there, too, on Amazon. But, you know, listening listening now is the new reading. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's why you put your, your uh, books on Audible now, on audio. Oh. Okay. Yeah, because people don't. Honestly, and it's kind of, you know, I don't know. I wouldn't say that it was bad. Excuse me. I would say because when you read, you you can use your imagination. And I imagine when you hear, you can use your imagination as well. So I guess I don't know if that would be any difference. Yeah, because when you're reading, it's like how they used to do when they used to before television. When I imagine when they used to just sit there and listen to the radio and, you know, and listening to you, it's like I'm sitting here picturing how the people look and, you know, I'm visualizing things in my head. So it's kind of like, because that's what they used to do with the radio when they used to come on. <clears throat> and uh, and then we got the TV after that. So it seems like, you know, now this is like going back to that kind of radio energy. Were you listening? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But then back then too, they also had books. So mm-hmm. I I would I would go more I imagine with listening. Now a lot of people just like to hold the book, you know, just like to put it in their hand and look at the cover and whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know. And a lot of people like that. And I've met a lot of people like that. And, I, you know, I've told them, well, you can get these novels in audio. And they said, no, just send me a book or, you know, just tell me where to buy it. I want to hold my own book. But, yeah, back mm-hmm. in the day, they did gather around the radio and listen. You know, that's why Orson Welles, when he did the, uh, the, uh, the War of the Worlds and right. had everybody freaking out, you know. And, you know, they wow. stood around listening to the radio, and it was a big old play and everything. And re- people really thought that was real. Mm-hmm. And I imagine that was part of uh, uh, what is that, what they do now? When, that when they, you know, thing. yeah, yeah, well, they, mm-hmm. where you think you see something in the sky and it's not really there. So, 
Okay. Yeah, I imagine that's where they got some of that from too. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that a lot of the young people, they like <clears> looking <throat> at reading their books on Kindle. Now, the only problem I have, and it's probably because I got older eyes, you know, that light started to bother me after a while, the computer, you know. If I have to mm-hmm. read it, I'd rather read it out of a book than, than on the computer. That's just me because of my eyes. Right. Well, me, myself, I'd rather listen to it. <laughs> I, I guess that's bad to say. <laughs> but, you know, I'd, I'd rather listen to it. Okay. No, but you do, okay. you know, you you do different platforms for different people, I guess. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Okay, well, that's good. That's good. So at least you got it in different venues for however people want it. They want to hear it. If they now, to me, it's like now I'm noticing that it's a lot of screen, what they call that steaming, screaming that's going on as far as the music is concerned. So, so uh, the streaming. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. So, if you do an audio, how do you keep people from just downloading it and never have to buy it? Well, they they have certain certain websites for that where that you know you can only purchase it one time. And if you send it off to someone else, the other person, it's it's like a code. You know, if, oh. if I download it and I try to send stream it and try to send it to you, you won't be able to uh-huh. get it because it's a certain one-time code that you use to get it. Okay. And that's what I have on Gumroad. So when you stream it from Gumroad, where the bright light is, then you won't be able to share it with anybody. Okay. So I can, I can keep it. Like a Kindle thing, I could keep it myself as long as I want to, but I just can't share it. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. I was wondering how they do that. <clears throat> and and when you're self-publishing, I mean, who are some <clears throat> of the people that you reach out to? Well, I self-publish with Create Space, which is a part of Amazon. Okay. So Amazon okay. have their hands in a lot of stuff. <laughs> I see. And uh, all over the place. Yeah. They're everywhere. Hmm. And of course, I don't know of, there may be others, but I don't know of any others right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was so easy with, it was so easy with Create Space. It only took okay. me a day. Okay. And I created okay. uh, paper, paper uh, novels plus the Kindle. So I did that in a day. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. That's good. That's good. Okay. So we did uh, two chapters. You want to do another chapter? And the number again is three two three six four two one five eight six. If you have any questions for the author here, Sister Seta Aset, uh, any questions or comments about her work, you uh, just push the number one. Yeah, and I'll see your hand raised. So you want to do another chapter, uh, Sister Seta? Uh yes, we can do we can do another one because these chapters in the War and Nine X and also in the Realm of the Gods, they're pretty mm-hmm. short. They're like four pages because I didn't want, you know, the readers to have to, you know, take all day to read a chapter. So I just kind of broke them down a little bit cleaner. Then uh, okay. White Light and uh, The Gathering of the Vanguard. 
Okay. <clears throat> so, all right. So, um, I had a little tickle in my throat there. I get the thing every time I speak a lot. Oh, I've yeah. I've taken care of it, so we're ready to go. Okay. 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 So we're on part sixty-four. Part sixty-four is called lure, like a fishing lure. Lure. Is there any information on who shot the plane down? No, sir. I am the president of the United. I am the president of the United States, and we have no information. No, sir. No one has informed us of anything, and I doubt if we get anything soon. This isn't the work of our people. I didn't give any orders of any kind to have my friend and his wife killed. Nigel ordered the assistant out of the office, out of the over office, so that he could ponder over an unscheduled trip to Africa so that he may break the news to Zuri in person. He didn't know what would become of his visit, but for his friend, he was going to take that chance. He called the assistant back into the office and requested the standby of Air Force One on the tarmac. When the president got the news earlier at 4 a.m., time was almost null and void since there was no night. Glancing at the grandfather clock to his left, it was 2.30 p.m. in the afternoon with no cooling relief from the wind. With all the excitement surrounding the subsequent labeling of what would be eventually called an assassination on his chief advisor and his wife, Nigel had a huge speech to prepare before his flight touched down in the motherland. He had some time to spare so he began to write, my fellow Americans, the times in which we live, nah, everybody knows what times we're living in. Can't hardly fool them anymore. It has to say this. It has to come off as if the government is not the blame. It has to be very personal to the hearts of the people. I must have the sympathy and the outcries of the world. It has to say, family, and may I say we are all family, a family of the human race. As much as we try to initiate homeland security among you, we never knew an enemy laid right in our midst, one who is very powerful one who is very deceptive, one who was hidden among you and me, as I never knew who they were. Living right up under our noses, they have diminished the light of two beloved people who work with me on my staff. A very personal friend of mine and his wonderful wife was taken from us eight hours ago. The enemy shot down the plane they were in as they were going to try and negotiate a plan to alleviate the conditions that you and I exist in. Nevertheless, these ruthless, heartless killers shot the plane down right over or near the enemy's hiding place. Right as he was introducing the next sentence, the red phone rang. Nigel, this is the CC 
Did you hear the news? Yes, I did. Do we know who did this? Not at, not at this time. But we have to send someone over there right away to control this situation. Are you preparing a speech? Yes. Our Force One is on standby, and I should be leaving within the hour. When was the last time your family traveled together? It's been a while, he chuckled. Well, be sure to have them on board with you so you can have that extra support. Plus, it will make good on the promise that we will subdue the enemy. I will, sir. Lil will appreciate it. When your mission is over, drop by here and visit with me. It will be a pleasure to see you and the family. That would be wonderful. We'll see you then. The men hung up from one another, and at that moment he remembered when he was sworn in under oath to all those who in, to all those involved. He realized that he was sworn. He he realized he sworn in his entire family under it. What would happen to him would undoubtedly happen to them as well. Who was strong enough in mind to keep their secret? He felt at times he was slipping when it came to the masses who were sheeple under their footstool. This was such a burden that only the strong could survive under the cruelty of the mind. So he decided to retrieve a package from his safe, from his safe containing a key to a lockbox. This box contained secrets that would never be revealed to the world if those in power had anything to say about it. He had copies made from the originals that are underground in Romanilia. He knew that one day when he accepted this position, he may have to be sacrificed, but not his family. Please not the children. They had much more, they had much more growing to do. Martha, will you call Mrs. Foster to see if she and the children would like to travel with me? Yes, sir. When Martha was making that call upstairs, Nigel called a close friend on a private cell and told her his situation. The woman was the only one he trusted with his life. He never trusted the woman he married, for the marriage was prearranged and sold to the public. The whole world thought as if he was the one who was dealing with the devil. The only thing he regretted was that he made those children in real life, and he didn't feel it necessary for them to lose their lives over something that was sinister and haunting. Hello? You know I love you. I always have, but we could never be together for the fact that my life was already in motion when I found you. You had a life soon after I had mine, and there was no going back to where we were before all this happened. If your mother knew what we had together, she would, if your mother knew what we had together, she would blow like Mount St. Helens. I don't want you. Okay. I don't want to ask you where you are because I don't need to know. I hope you are in a safe place because if you think it's hell now, it's going to get even harder. Nigel, what are you trying to tell me? I have something I need to give to you. Keys that will lead you to documents and other information to give the world. 
in case I can no longer serve at this as this nation's president. You always had an imaginative mind. Even when we were in high school, I thought you would be a novelist instead of the leader of the free world. Such a big job for a man who wanted control over his own dreams. Now the job has grown bigger than the dreamer. I tasted it so bad that I did anything and everything to hold this position. I mistreated my people. I was told to jump, and I asked how high. Had the life of a millionaire several times over, and now I have to pay the piper. But before I go, I want you to go to the Foxhound bus station in Reston. There will be a woman waiting for you in aisle 44. If I am in some way the cause of this planet to be in the state that it's in, then I somehow want to redeem myself before they take me out. Don't say that. We all have misjudged things in our lives, and you are no different. They kept labeling you as a superman to the people, but you knew what you were capable of, and they can't really blame you for giving the people hope and change. After all, you were only following their script. Yeah, and when they say cut, you have done a good job at being the best actor you can be. Then they retire you permanently. Again, make damn sure you tell no one where you're going. I have to say, baby, I love you. Always will. Always have. Be careful. Before the woman could say I love you back, Nigel hung up the phone. She felt his she felt her eyes begin to swell with tears for the love she carried all these years for him. Who was that? That was the general informing me that they are ready at the copter. Are you ready? Ready as can be. The children are waiting downstairs. Shall we go? Yes, I'll finish this speech on the plane. When they arrived at Dallas, Nigel and Lilith gathered up the last of their belongings and with their children boarded the AFO, Air Force One. When they leveled out, he and his rider put the finishing touches on his speech. After that, he moved to the other part of the plane and began to rub Lilith's belly to feel the baby kick and to reminisce of the times he shared with her. She didn't know what to make of it. She just thought that the heat was finally taking a toll on him. This went on until he became exhausted and fell asleep. Soon it was announced that they arrived in Africa. When they landed, they were greeted by President Jelani with a full armed guard and a protected motor, de motor detail. There were streams of bystanders along the route to the presidential mansion. Once inside, the children were settled and both families had an enjoyable dinner together. The women and the children called it a night after having a busy day. Jelani was wondering, Jelani, I was wondering if you could arrange a detail for me to visit Zuri before my speech. I want to see him. I want to personally give him my condolences about his parents. Sure, Nigel, and guess what? I'm going with you. I am slightly afraid, but what kind of president would I be if I allowed you to face our enemy alone? I'm not so sure now that they are our enemies, Jelani. He didn't quite know what to make of his statement, but he never questioned it either. Nigel and Jelani stayed up for hours preparing for what was surely to be the most exciting thing since the never-ending day phenomenon. 
with with not much rest between the two men, they napped in the limo until they were minutes away from the mountain. The entire route was unbelievably crowded with the hopes, dreams, and promises of the melanated and melanin and melanin recesses for the two leaders to end this happening that was affecting the globe. Okay, Sister Beth. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think that was part okay. 64. Mm-hmm. Now I noticed that you had them forty fours in there, and Eddie be talking about that forty four. Yeah, uh, that is that. Yeah, that is weird. Mm-hmm. You know, I have it. I don't go back and what they call it. Uh, what's in here is what's what was in here when I wrote them. Right. So I, I don't know where it come from, and and as far as his wife's name. I mean, he, he apparently he his marriage was prearranged, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know if I don't think I don't know if he was I don't think he was in love with her. Whoever this woman was that he called on the phone to give her that key to those papers and things, you know, that's who he was really in love with. And of course, you know, you don't know who it is. Right. Mm-hmm. At this point, we don't know who that was. Okay. So, and she's supposed to be going to this bus station because that's the key. I think Reston is in Virginia. So I think, you know, he's going to send her that key or go. He said, go to it's somebody in aisle 44 that he's supposed, she's supposed to meet with this key mm-hmm. in okay. case anything happened to him. So mm-hmm. uh, that's going to be, that's going to be weird. Now that, you know, now that he's played the game, it's like, you know, he's he's saying to himself now. I don't I don't think it's so much, you know, what they do. You know, he was like gung ho and everything. And yes, and I'm president. I'm doing this and that. But now that he see how diabolical it is to be in the government, he's having second thoughts about everything. So yeah, he feels like if if he's next, you know, his friend is gone and his wife. So he feel like if he's next, then. You know, he's got some information out there so that it can be told. You know, maybe right. he's going to get her to give it to Femi and Zuri because, you know, they can't do mm-hmm. nothing with them. So, right. Maybe he's relying on them to give the public the real the real deal. Yeah. Information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why is it so hot? Is it the two sons? That's why, or just how did they how did they make it so hot? Well, the, well, what Femi did was, you know, when she put everybody to sleep and they were still mm-hmm. acting the food, so mm-hmm. she had to do something to really, really get the attention of the governments of the world to stop doing what they're doing, you know, chemtrailing and treating the people dirty and dirty water and all this kind of, and, and all this stuff, you know, that's going on. So she said, okay. If you want to make it hard for the people, you know, for the the society as a whole, then I'm going to make it hard for you. You may be elite. You may have all the money. You may have everything or whatever and making it hard for the people. I'm going to make it hard for you. So she put two more sons out there and they won't set. It's just daylight, constant daylight, 24 hours. That's why it's so hot. Wow, and that messes with people, and, that, and when you can't go to sleep, that's kind of like a form of torture, too, 
I heard that that's how they torture, you know, when they don't let a person go to sleep. It's hard to sleep. Mm-hmm. So, you know, constant sunlight. Yeah, I imagine it does something with your uh, uh, circadian rhythm. Your mm-hmm. circadian rhythm. Mm-hmm. I think they call it the your circadian rhythm. I might be saying that wrong, but um, mm-hmm. yeah. And but you know, of course, you can use the little eye patches. You know, the little eye thing that you put over your eyes to go to sleep in the daytime. If you know, if you know what time it is, because if it's constant okay. daylight, it's hard to keep up with the time if your watch is off or something. But uh, but it's basically basically is not the I don't think it's so much as the the daylight I think it's the heat that's messing with folks because you know some people mm-hmm. can't take that heat you know right, they right. just can't do it mm-hmm. so it's really messing with them. Uh, <clears throat> someone in the chat room say it seemed like Femi. <clears throat> She channeled. She channeled herself uh, to you. Well, and that's what it is. That's your you. That's your creation. You you say you be connecting with nature. Well, it's funny that uh, the person in the chat room said that because when I first started out on this project, and I presented mm-hmm. it to a friend of mine who was an artist. And uh, mm-hmm. he was doing the drawings for me, and the the picture or the art that he did describing what Femi would look like. It looks like one of my old one of my old pictures of myself. And he mm. didn't know me from he didn't know me from whatever. Never met him. I never met him. He never met me. He never saw a picture of me. Or anything, but this drawing that he drew looks just like me. And okay. we were like, we both were like, what the? So, yeah. WTH. So, it's weird. Yeah. Well, it's not but weird. I appreciate that's, that, that's, that's that though. What, that's what, yeah, that's what challenge, uh, and and connecting, that's what it's all, and that's what nature will do. You know, when you really connect with nature, that's when you really able to uh, manifest and, and see things, you know. And, and what do you think that's going on now, you know, since you are open, what, what, as far as the time that we in, things that's going on here, because your work is really, it's like you're talking about today to a certain point. Well, 2020 is the start of the Georgia Guidestones. Mm -hmm. That's my take on that. You know, Mm -hmm. whatever they chiseled in that piece of rock over there in Edmonton, Georgia, in Edenton, Georgia, I'm sorry, Edenton, Georgia, Mm -hmm. is what they're working on now because uh, whoever this strange person they never knew who he was. He never gave a name. You know, they didn't see a face. You know, he just come to this marble. He was a marble maker or something over there in Georgia. And he went to him with the plans and told him, this is what we want to put up. You know, and then they paid him for it. They put it up. He never left a name or whatever. I think that they kind of saw into the future. That was the start of the 
uh, what was that? Uh, Agenda, the Agenda 21. That mm-hmm. was the start mm-hmm. of that. And I imagine it was supposed to, it, it's, it's been ongoing, but now it's really coming into fruition. You know, on what's on that stones as far as reducing the population. And that virus is out there. I kind of mm-hmm. mentioned something of, of that sort in the first novel, The Bright Light. I mentioned that. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to it the other day, and it startled me to think that I had already said something about this virus. And I, 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 I don't, they don't have a cure for this. And if they do get mm-hmm. a cure, they have it, but they're not going to release it. Mm-hmm. They're not going to ever release mm-hmm. it until they get the numbers down. So mm-hmm. they're, they're not going to care. Do you think that they mm-hmm. might have produced the virus itself or made the virus just for that purpose, to reduce the population? Indeed, yes. Yes, they did. Just about everything that they do is in is some form of getting rid of people mm-hmm. and certain ones at that. But anything that's natural, they're not gonna get rid they they're not gonna be able to get rid of anything that's natural. Think about that. Anything that's natural, they're not good. They might they might break it down a little bit, but they will never be able to get rid of anything that's natural. They can't. And, you know, it's certain people that are not natural as well. Mm-hmm. Now, they may go on to the way, the wayside, but a natural person, they're not going anywhere. Kind of, kind of think about that. <clears throat> and And it seems like Whatever this unnatural energy is, it wants to replace the natural. You know, it's like we eating food that's not real. You know, it it, it just seems like that it it wants to get rid of the natural and replace it. Just like the AI, you know, that's artificial. It just seems like they don't want the real or the natural, they want to retake over with the, you know, I will use the AI for an example, the artificial. Mm-hmm. Everything seems to be artificial. Well, they can't deal with anything that's natural. They can deal with anything mm-hmm. artificial, you know, because you can control that, but anything that's natural, they can't deal with it because they can't control right. it. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's their problem right there. That's a real so big problem for them. <laughs> do you think that we are in some kind of warfare? Because your book right now is talking about the war. And, you know, I would call it the natural against the unnatural or the artificial against the real. And do you think it's, it's, it's something like that that's going on? We in the midst of it right now? Yeah, we, we well, are in the midst of it. I mean... I mean, we we've had more than World War Three. We like World War Nine, World War Seven. You know, we passed that. So yeah, we're we're in we're in we're coming in the midst of it. From now on, this thing is going to be, and you know, you're going to believe your eyes, but you're not going to believe your eyes. And all this distraction is what they're trying to do to keep you from, you know 
getting your thing together, you know, to to keep you off of the natural. They want they and want you to part, mix in with it. Mhm. And that's part of the warfare. Exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything that's natural, like I said, they can't deal with it. Yeah. They got to get rid of it, and they can't. They can never get rid of anything that's natural. And you know, so, and by us being the first folks off up in here, they they'll never get rid of us. Mhm. 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 Mm-hmm. So, um, how do you think that's going to come out with that the virus? That well, I mean, this is not the first virus. They did the AIDS <laughs> and the, all that other virus. I mean, they was part of that too. Yeah, well, <clears throat> excuse me. They did, you know, they did do some damage with the HIV, but not very much because, look, mm-hmm. <laughs> anytime that something dies or passes away, you have another entity coming up in its place. You've heard that, you know, when when someone dies, another person is born. They're not going to be able to ever get the population down like they like they're trying to, unless they do take out all women's uteruses or something like that, where they won't be able to procreate. That's the only way they'll be able to do that. But I doubt if that would stop anything. I doubt that. So, no matter how much they throw this virus out here and everything, they're not going to be able to make it work 100%. Because if you really look at it, it's like uh, the spirit never dies anyway. Your body, the, the housing of the spirit dies, and it don't die. Because if you put it in the ground, it's going to turn right back into the, the soil. You know, mm-hmm. so it's 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 uh like a we we constantly uh what do you call that keep going around and around so they can't kill the spirit or whatever you want to call it the entity the spirit they might get rid of the housing of it but then the spirit like you say it, it come right back around if it, if it wants to yeah well they you know. They don't know what happened. Nobody knows what happens when mm. you pass, mm. you know, when you become an ancestor. Nobody knows that. And they think they know, but they don't know. But one thing that everybody does know, and that is energy never dies. And right. your soul, your spirit yeah. is energy. Yeah. yeah. So they'll never get rid of it. Because if you look, if you ever seen a person that passed away and, you know, that when that spirit is still in that body, you can still feel the energy from the body. Even after they dead, the spirit don't leave right away. And then you can come back later and look at the body and you don't feel anything. And you know that that spirit is gone and that body is just there. It's a whole different feel to it. Right, right. I come to find out, you know, I had one of my sisters is an ancestor. My mother is an ancestor, my dad. Mm -hmm. And I really, my sister practically raised me because I was Mm -hmm. the youngest of nine children. And when she became an ancestor, 
it was as if she kind of took some of my energy from me because of the hurt mm-hmm. and the pain that I felt, you know, when she left. And it was almost like she was <clears throat> absorbing some of my energy. And, it, it, you know, I felt drained because I was saddened, you know, and you know how you do when you lose a loved one. And, mm-hmm. but, you know, later, six, seven months later, you know, I begin to understand and understand that she'll be back. Uh, she's just gone. She'll be back tomorrow because, you know, time is nothing to us. I mean, well, time shouldn't be anything to you. You know, because time is like, you know, like a flash of light, you know, and that's been over some years ago. And it's, it, it almost seems like yesterday, but she did mm-hmm. absorb some of my energy when I was feeling the pain and hurt. But then, you mm-hmm. know, once that was over, I felt my energy returning and I come back stronger than I was before she passed. So okay. I say all that to say that now they will never be able have the ability to destroy natural energy. They won't, mm-hmm. they can't do that. It'll mm-hmm. never happen. Yeah. Well, Sister Seta, uh, we're down to our last few minutes here. And again, we appreciate you taking the time uh, to uh, give us an audio of one of your books and tell us again how we can get a book, a a signed autograph of one, or how that the audience can hear or get one of your audios. So how do they do that? Okay. Okay, well, you can go to chemistryfiles.com. That's K-E-M-E-T-S-T-R-Y files.com. And on there, you can get the... uh, the novel in paperback, or you can go to, you can get it in Kindle and it's all on Amazon. You can also go to books a million and um, Barnes and Noble. They have them as well. Or you can order it straight from me on that website. Just leave me your information. I have an email link on there and you can uh, email me all your information and I will personally sign a autographed copy for you and send it to you with the information that you give me. Um, also, I am I I do have some spots on YouTube if you want to check it out, and I just put something on the uh, website. Uh, it's just snippets of all the novels on there, maybe two or three paragraphs that you can check out and listen to, um, to see what you think, how you like that, or if you you know if that helps you decide to get the novels. Uh, that's on there as well, and my email is chemistryfiles at gmail dot com. And you can also go to Gumroad, G-U-M-R-O-A-D, Gumroad.com, and download or stream the Bright Lights. That's on there. And I also right. have, there's there's only going to be five of them. I'm only going to make five of the script of the Bright Light. So it's gonna, mm-hmm. only going to be five. So you can pre-order that too. And that's okay. on Gumroad. Okay. Well, you're busy. And that's good. You you being creative. And that's a good thing too. That's growth. So we appreciate we enjoying your creativity and uh we will talk to you next Thursday. We will listen to you next Thursday. And thank you. Okay, well I appreciate it and thank you too, Sister Beth. All right. Thank you.
Uh, join me again tomorrow at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and uh, Tuck Most and the Roundtable will be joining us then. Peace and love. in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba da ba ba ba.